Praise God. Let's just lift our hands one more time and thank God for Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all the goodness of heaven that belongs to us because of his grace, because of his mercy, because of his love, everything he's done. We, we, we take no credit for ourselves. And, and in fact, we count our righteousness as filthy rags in comparison to his. Paul said, I would count it all as trash that I might gain the excellency that's in Christ. When we do that, Lord, hallelujah. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about your love. It's all about your grace and your mercy and your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God for, let's look into the, the, the word today. Amen. Um, when I introduce this subject, I, I know that you that have been following our, uh, that are members here and then following our ministry, uh, maybe online for a while, uh, have heard portions of this preached before. But you know, I don't know where, where it ever says that we have to always have something new and exciting to, to be able to teach. Uh, it's all exciting if we'll make it exciting. The Bible says that, um, uh, t- talks in the first Psalm about delighting yourself in the Word. Deci- well, it says the law of the, the, the Lord, but that's the Word. Amen. So delighting ourselves, that means that's something we kind of have to stir up ourselves for. Uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say all the time, uh, don't ever let the things of the spirit become commonplace. Don't ever let the things of, of, of God become like, hey, I've seen all that before and nothing new. Uh, if you, if you get that attitude on you, you'll miss a blessing and you'll miss out on what the Lord has for you to have. Amen. So we're going to, uh, we're going to look into some things that we've visited before today, but just a reminder. And actually, I had forgotten about this idea, but it's a great one to correct some of our thinking. Scarlett and I had uh, lunch in Birmingham the other day with a pastor friend and his wife that we've known many years. And he reminded me of something that I had come home from Brazil, uh, I, again, a the, the ministry that we work with there in Brazil, the, the leader of that ministry, it's quite a ministry. They have 3,500 churches in Brazil. That's a, that's a few. And, uh, he's on television and, uh, and, uh, was uh, a close personal friend of T.L. Osborne's and, uh, and followed Brother Hagen's teaching a lot in the word. But, uh, he, one day he said to me many years ago, he said, why, why do you why do you American preachers always say that faith moves mountains? And I just thought, oh Lord, I'm, 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 I'm working with an anti-faith guy now. You know, he's, uh, oh Lord, what kind of group am I signed up with? And, and, uh, Brother Swatis is his name. He said, why do you say faith moves mountains? He said, Jesus didn't say faith moves mountains. And I'm thinking, Oh, yeah. He said, why do you say that? I said, well, because it does, doesn't it? He goes, no, think about it. And the minute he said it, it went off in my spirit as the right way to think. He said, Jesus didn't say faith moves mountains. He said, words move mountains. 
And so, you know, we, 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 we title our messages as I did today, Mountain Moving Faith, but really it's, and it is faith and, uh, that's the power behind it, but it's really our words that activate that faith. It's really mountain moving words. And so how much faith does it take? You know, how much faith does it take to, to, uh, to, to, to change something? And it's, well, however much faith it takes for you to say it. And so then we think about, well, is the problem faith? And it's not, it's courage. You know, like again, the testimony that, uh, uh, Jerry and Marie have of their house mortgage getting paid off supernaturally, I believe the way the Lord did it, you know, uh, it took courage for her to stand up in a publicly, especially in a prayer group, took courage to stand up and declare that. I declare by faith that my house mortgage is paid off. Well, you know, when you say something like that, you know, the, boy, your head will fight you. The devil will fight you. You'll think, well, how is that going to happen? You know, what are we going to win the lottery or what here? You know, I mean, you, you can just think all kinds of crazy things. But when, but when that's your desire, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, what things are you desire, not what you think you could accomplish, not what you think there might be resources for, not what you might wonder how it's going to happen, but he says, whatever you desire. See, you know, you ought to keep a running list. If you don't have a vision board, I, I encourage you to make one. You can make one easy. Just get a, you don't have to have a bulletin board and all that. You can just get a poster board. Uh, and, uh, you can, you can tape pictures of things and all on there, but it's just to keep it before you, whatever your desires are. And certain things don't have a picture, but you can write it on there. You know, what you want to see. Amen. Uh, on our vision board, uh, I won't tell you everything that's on there, but, uh, cause some of it's private and personal. But some of it is deals with this church. I've got a photograph of our of our uh, that I pulled off the internet. I got a photograph of our dedication service, which shows the which was the church was packed, and so I got a photograph of that on on the vision board, so that I see with the eye of faith the church full of people, instead of just a few folks. Amen. And so uh, somebody might say, "Well, you're in denial." And I'm thinking, no, I'm not in denial. We live in Florida. Denial is in Egypt. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one, ain't it? That's as corny as it gets. I'm ready for hee-haw. Praise the Lord. You got to have something to fall back on in the ministry, you know. Stand-up comedy. I got to get new writers, Frank, I tell you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you start with, you start, you have these desires and you just, just, you know, get used to proclaiming it, get used to writing it down, get used to looking at it. I'm trying to encourage you today, yeah. you know, and, 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 and don't look at it and go, well, that's impossible. Well, your mind might say that, but your mind's not in charge. It's your spirit man that's in charge. Yeah. And you say, you just tell your mind to be quiet. Brother Hagin used to say, keep your mind quiet and, 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 uh, and on Jesus. Amen. Well, what did he, what impossibilities did he overcome? Well, he overcame death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. And so, uh, and he said, I've overcome the whole world. 
Well, if he can overcome the world, surely he can overcome whatever obstacles that are in the way of you seeing your desire, whether it's lack of income or whatever else that you think might stop you. Praise God. God has a way. Uh, one preacher said, God has a million ways to get the blessing to you that you've never thought of. You only need one. You don't need a million. You only need one. But he's got the way to do it. Amen? Yes. Praise God. Anyway, let's look at verse 23 here. For verily I say unto you, again, mountain moving words. You notice he doesn't say that faith moves the mountain. He said that words do. And so if you'll get that straight, it'll help you. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, that would be talking, wouldn't it, words, say, use words, That's if you say you're going to use words, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, we know we've always said, well, this is the great faith scripture, but actually it's the great confession scripture. It's the great saying scripture. It's the declaring. It's the decreeing. Amen. You know, there's a lot of things that are not happening in our lives just because we won't say it. We'll think it. We'll desire it. We'll sometimes even crave it, but we won't say it. And so, therefore, there's no authority for which that thing has to ride upon, to come to us. What brings the desires, what brings the needs met, the needs met to us is our words. Our words are the vehicles by which the blessings come. Amen. Well, they're already available. They're already got your name not only available, but commissioned. We've got your name on it. But you have to lay claim to it. And you have to be willing sometimes to look and sound stupid <laughs> to your own self. Uh, in fact, I, I would warn you certain things I wouldn't tell too many people. Because they'll just say, say, well, you're crazier than you look. But, uh, and you know, not everything's everybody's business. But, uh, you know, you, you, you get to where you go, well, you know, I know this, this may look stupid. This may sound stupid. I may not have the, uh, answer. Somebody, well, how on earth do you ever think that's gonna happen? Well, I don't have to know that. That would be God's problem. That's why He's God and I'm not. Neither are you. Amen. Praise God. What does, what does, what does Jesus say about? You think He knows anything about faith? You think he knows anything about uh, creating and receiving? Amen. And so it says here, you can see that it's words. Now, I have a, you've heard me teach this before. I have a paraphrase. I call the Horton paraphrase on this. And you know that's, you know that's allowable in scripture. You can paraphrase uh, and, and to make it real to you. But I always say that this is more a lesson on courage than anything else. It is about saying, but it's also about courage to say. So I say it this way. Whosoever has the courage to say what needs to be said. See, what what is it? You, know, you fill in the blank there. What needs to be said? What needs to be said about your health? What needs to be said about your finances? 
what needs to be said about things, uh, uh, relationships or family dynamics or whatever it is. What is it that needs to happen? So you could say, whosoever has the courage to say, has the courage to say what needs to be said and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Actually, what you have to believe, you don't have to have enough faith to believe it in. People say, well, do you have enough faith to believe that in? Well, how would you know? Faith isn't something you feel. Well, I just feel like it's going to happen. Well, what if you feel like it ain't going to happen? Can I say ain't? Praise God. I often make a joke. I said, well, I went to school in Georgia. We were 49th in the nation for education. But I need to be careful because my wife went to school in Georgia too now. So I have to be careful. I don't disparage Scarlett. <laughs> because Mississippi was always 50, praise God. could always count on them. Sometimes we got to be 48 when South Carolina was 49. Love you, Rhonda. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, I, w- I want you to. I want you to see this. How many is getting what what we're saying here, or what Jesus is saying? And so I tell you what. Sometimes when when you're, especially if you have a need, you know, desires are are out there. But you know, if you have a need, a real need, like you know, you don't have enough money to pay your bills, or there's a health issue. That's serious and the doctors are saying there's really not much we can do for you or what we can do for you. You sometimes don't know what's, which is worse, the, the, the thing or the cure. The cure sounds as dreadful sometimes as the, as the need. But sometimes when you really have a need, it takes a lot of courage to say, to declare something opposite that. Because you know, you, the bank, the bank statements, yelling at you, and maybe, you know, if you've ever been in a type spot where the creditors are calling you or something like that, boy, it can become real quick, real, real quick. How many know, anybody ever been there? Everybody everybody here is on a trust fund and doesn't get it? Praise God, trust fund church, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? If you can get those people to tithe, you're doing pretty good, praise God. Uh I wouldn't mind having uh, Bill Gates tithe, you know. Anyway, just saying. Uh, it it's, it says here that you shall believe. The, the problem is that we don't sometimes have the courage to boldly say what needs to be said. And so we, we, we timidly say it or we'll add caveats to it. Well, if it's the Lord's will... Well, now if you don't know the Lord's will before you're saying it, what, what, uh, why would you say something that might possibly not be His will? Why would you do that? Well, if it could, if it, if you've got a 50-50 chance of it being or not being God's will, then I would just do nothing and see what's going to happen. 
you see why I would not make a very good Calvinist, because the problem with it is that at the end of the day, whatever, when in Calvinism, whatever you say one way or another, God just might do what he wants to anyway. So I would think, why bother? Why bother to pray? Why bother to claim anything? If it's going to be, well, I know, I know better what you need than you, so you don't really need a healing. You need to learn. Well, then I say, if you're going to suffer, don't take any medicine. Don't, don't try to relieve the pain. Learn your lesson, whatever the Lord's trying to teach you. See, well, then, well, the Lord gives us doctors. You can't win with these. I've tried to argue, and finally, when you argue with the word, they just sit there and their head bobs and shakes. And I'm thinking, my God, your head's going to come off like, you know, a jack-in-the-box that went bad. Wing, and the spring is there, you know. But uh, you can just argue all day long religion and, and conjecture and ifs and buts and whatever. I'd just rather go with the word and believe what Jesus said. Can you say Amen. And so, uh, I, uh, let me just tell you, don't try to argue with me. I'm brainwashed and, and ruined. Uh, and so there's just no argument. I've, I've walked out, I've walked out of the church side door many times with people standing there arguing, making their point. And I've just said, I'm not going to argue this because I drank the Kool-Aid already. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Kool-Aid drinking word of faith guy. All right. Praise the Lord. I went to Tulsa and drank the Kool-Aid. Praise the Lord. God's holy city where the Father, Son, and Spirit live. Where the wind comes rolling down the plain. (laughs) But you notice that what is what, what I wanted to show you here is you don't have to believe everything for something to come to pass. You just have to believe that what you just said will come to pass. According to what Jesus said. Now, let's just see how much authority he has given us. Does this help you, just that part? So, how much faith does it take to move a mountain? Well, that's not the question. It's how much faith does it take uh, to to do anything, and that is how much courage do you have to say it? So if it seems really weird to you, say it in private only. And I'd suggest most people do that anyway because, you know, you say a lot of things out. If, If I said everything I'm believing God for, they might send out the state hospital people, you know, to pick you up. They don't have those anymore, but they used to. The little white van, the little white, you know. You're going to a place with lots of flowers and trees. You'll be calm in sedation. Um, so some things you could share with another. If you have another person... That'll believe God with you. Now, like Scarlett and I, you know, I, I'm thankful 
for our marriage, of course, and our union. But I'm also thankful to have a, a, a mate and a partner who who encourages me, and I encourage her to to to. We're always pushing the envelope with our confession. Amen. We've got some things on our vision board that would, you know, probably some people wouldn't like. But it's a free country. Amen. I can put anything on there. I could put a herd of elephants on there if I want to. And uh don't have to ask permission to have faith. Amen. Jesus gave it. And... um we and one thing you need to do is like again this testimony from Marie today is is so wonderful is you need to be glad for them. Yes. Amen. See, don't be sour grapes about it and go, well, who do they think they are? Well, they're just folks that took the word literally and acted on it and God blessed them. Um and I, I will tell you that I I believe, you know. I, I saw a brochure we're going to order some of them. The Church of God puts it out called uh, Why I Tithe. And they pretty well answered every argument against it. But, um, uh, and, you know, people can do what they like. But I, I tell you, there is a blessing for tithing, and it's in the Word. And you say, well, that's the Old Testament. It's Old Testament, but it's pre-law. 430 years before the law, Abraham instituted tithing. You say, well, he only did that one time after the spoils of war and blah, blah, blah. You know, I just tell you, I've never seen real tithers argue against it. They usually have a testimony that they point back to being faithful. Uh, One of the things that I liked that that was in this uh, article that we read, this brochure, was just the idea of putting God first in everything. And you put God first in your finances, I believe it'll make a difference. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. In other words, participate in the kingdom of God first instead of the Babylonian system. You can break the Babylonian system off of you by participating in God's system. Preach, Pastor. Praise the Lord. All right. We've got to move along here. Um I want you to look at uh, the next passage is in Genesis and chapter 2, amen, and um, verse 19, this is talking about the creation. Uh, God had declared he's going to make a help meet for Adam. Amen. And it says, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. And look at this. Brought them to unto Adam to see what he would call them. Isn't that something? It says, God the Father, the creator of the universe, the Lord God Almighty, amen, brought to show you what he thought of his creation, man. He brought 
all the animals, all the, all the beasts of the field and the fowl of the air unto Adam to see what he would call them. In other words, he's saying, I'm giving you authority to name this. I'm going to harp on this because I, I, this is so important. And so God argued with Adam and said, no, that's not my will. I don't want to call it that. No, folks, God is not schizophrenic. And religion makes him like split personality. One day he's happy, and the next day he slaps you down. But religion's done that to God's reputation. I said some churches, instead of singing more about Jesus, they ought to sing lies about Jesus. Because they're really telling lies about him. All right. Now, if you don't want me to preach like this, just stop praying for the pastor to have boldness. Because I usually get, you know, I used to think there was a period of my life that I thought I was mellowing. And then it it, tur- it turned bad like potato salad. And uh, now, now I'm getting worse. But it need, we need to declare some things, amen. And be, we, I mean, we can do it with joy. We don't have to be mad, and we don't have to be angry at anybody. But we can proclaim the truth with joy, and because it's not to, it's not to try to to create dogma or to be fundamentalist. It's it's to it's to help folks in their lives. So I'm helping you with what I help myself with. You know, if I find a, a vitamin or a supplement or something that's helpful and somebody says they're having a problem, I might share that with them, that information. Well, this is information, spiritual vitamins. That'll help your faith. All right. Look at that. This part is so great. See what he would call them, and whatsoever, this is God's decree, whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. In other words, whatever Adam said, God confirmed it. Now, do we have New Testament precedent for this? Yes, we do. Turn to Matthew 18. And look at verse 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, whatever you forbid on earth, heaven will back that up. And whatever you allow, heaven will back you up. Now look, so so what's the real subject here? Authority. You have been authorized. You know the president. We well since the previous president, um, I think we've all became acutely aware of executive order 
even though it's been used for, you know, decades. But under Barack Obama, we really got familiar with the executive order, you know, and it was talked about a lot in the news. President Trump's used the executive order. I heard uh, some of the governors have executive. In other words, within their scope of jurisdiction, within their scope of power, they have the authority to decree and declare some things and get it done. Well, we do too in God's kingdom as believers. And we're not, not to rule as serfs and indentured servants. We're to, we're to rule as kings and priests in this life. Praise God. We're kings and priests declaring and decreeing within the scope of our jurisdiction. Amen. What is it that we are, uh, authorized that we can do and say and be? Amen. And so here you see that, um, there in, in that verse, our authority to, to say some things. So I thought about that combined with what God told Adam. And then you think about this. Well, what are you calling things? You know, everything you own, you should bless it. Yeah. We'll say, well, that's that's a dead thing. It's a, just a machine. It's a vacuum cleaner. It's a whatever. I'm telling you, uh, and, you know, there's times to replace things. You can use your faith for that, too. You don't have to just keep speaking to the broken thing. There's times to replace it. We we replaced an air conditioner here a few weeks ago, and we're going to replace some more of them. Amen. But I'll tell you, uh, so there's times to speak to it. There's times to trade it in, <laughs> right, and upgrade. But God will help you do it all. But you think about, you know, back in the early days of the faith movement, charismatic movement, people were speaking to all kinds of things. There was laying hands on their car, commanding it to run, and laying hands on their washer and dryer and commanding it to go. And and until you could replace it with something new, that beats not having it. Well, you think, well, now that's a little weird, going around talking to stuff. Really? Well, Jesus did it. Jesus spoke. Jesus spoke to uh, the fig tree. He talked to fig trees. He talked to uh, waves. He talked to wind. And he didn't pray to God about it. I said he didn't pray to God about it. He spoke directly to the thing. Amen. So you need to bless things. Hallelujah. And, um, and, 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 and don't just poor mouth things, you know. Well, this old house is probably going to just fall in one day. Well, I hope I'm not there when your manifestation comes. You need to, you need to say, as long as I live in this house, it's a blessed place. And once you sell it, you know, you don't have very much authority over it, but if it's yours, amen. And I, I, I speak good, like our church property here, I speak good things about it. Amen. And so if you've grown up kind of pessimist and Debbie Downer and Eeyore the donkey, if you've grown up like that, dark cloud follows me around, 
you, you know, you're used to you're used to saying negative things about everything and what could go wrong. You have to change your thinking and change your confession and 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 stop doing that in the name of Jesus yeah. and start saying, "Praise God, I speak blessing on this." Yeah. Amen. And even if it's broke, if it needs to be replaced, we'll believe God to replace it. But, you know, we're still going to bless the property, bless the building. Hallelujah. Bless the systems that work in it. Amen. And, you know, you'd be surprised how many full gospel, Pentecostal, tongue-talking folks just have a negative confession all the time. I went to pray. I was telling Scarlett, I went to pray for a friend of my mother's. She's gone on to be with the Lord. Bless her heart. Pentecostal preacher's wife for many years. And their son was going bonkers, you know, drug addict and everything. And so she's upset. We go over there to pray. Myself and uh, Cherie and my mother go over there to pray at her, at her home. This was in uh, another state. And, uh, we go over there, and she's got herself worked up into a, a a froth. Anybody know what that means? Just worked up over all the negative things that this child had done. You know, he's stolen money, bought the drugs, freaked out on the drugs, been arrested, been let go. I mean, it's everything you can think of, you know. And he is a he was a mess. But anyway, we're gonna pray. For her, because she's so upset. So we go over to pray, and I and I, I had known this woman. It's just difficult. I've known this woman my whole life. So I mean, I'm a, she she knew my parents before I was born. So it's, you know, you, there's a respect factor there. You understand what I mean? Like you you honor the adults and everything. And so uh, we're praying and. We start to pray, you know, and I said, well, let's just start, because I usually do this. Let's just start by lifting our hands and praising God and thanking him for his love, thanking him for his goodness. You know, establish something good to pray on. Well, she starts up, Jesus, 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 and that goes from there to screaming it. Well, there's no faith in that. I don't care if you're screaming the name of Jesus. If you're screaming the name of Jesus in fear... And doubt and unbelief, it doesn't do a whole lot for you. You know, you're just like, she's freaking out. Well, we can't even hear ourselves pray. I can't think for her screaming Jesus. And I finally said, all right, let's stop. We'll start over. I said, we're going to start by praising the Lord uh, and thanking him that he hears us when we pray, that he answers our prayer. We're going to stand in the gap for this son that's being stupid. We're going to, you know, help. we're going to try to be helpful here. Well, okay, okay, she's blowing snot and wiping her, going through the Kleenex box. And I said, all right, blow your nose, we'll start again. So she's, are you okay? Yeah, I'm calm. Have a glass of water. Let's calm down here. Let's get in faith. Let's get out of fear and get out of upset and get out of offense. She's offended, you know, by her son. I said, let's get out of offense. Let's get out of upset. Let's get out of anger. 
and let's get into faith. Well, how do you do that? Well, faith comes by hearing the word. Let's read a scripture or two. Let's stand in faith for this boy. All right. We start up again. Jesus! She's screaming, Jesus. I'm trying to out-pray her. I can't. She's louder than me. She's a she's a champion warrior. She's literally wringing her hands. And I finally said, "Stop it!" I got I just something it rose up in me. I said, "Stop! Stop! Stop!" Well, she won't. And I finally said, "Sister, in the name she's Pentecostal, you know, so she understood sister." I said, "Sister, in the name of Jesus, I command you to shut up." Well, that worked. She, 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 she batted her eye. It was like a Kenneth Hagin thing came on me. She batted her eyes three times. Nobody ever in the whole church world had ever told her to shut up. And she, she did. And she looked stunned. And my mother looked at me like, oh God, you know, <laughs> what on, what's going to happen now? And I said, we, we don't have a prayer that we can pray that will overpower your fear and doubt and unbelief that's pouring out of you. I said, you're operating in fear here, and we're not going to fear with you. We're, we'll believe with you, but we're not going to just, we're not just going to all wail and moan and, 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 and wring our hands. We're going to believe God or we're going to go home. Well, I, you know, the, the, the sad story is I could never get her to move over to faith. I could never get her to trust God. Here's a person, Pentecostal preacher's wife, served God her whole life, been in church from the child, you understand, been to every youth camp, been to every camp meeting, been to every kind of revival, praise God, helped others pray through to salvation, helped others pray through to baptism of the Holy Spirit, understood the Word, could teach a Sunday school class. Am I making any sense? But yet when it, when, when it came down to really needing to stand in faith and decree and declare some things, just it, it's not well that she just couldn't do it. No, she wouldn't do it. It's not you can't. It's you won't. We... I'll include me, not you, just not not you, anybody particular. One, as they would say in Britain, one (laughs) has to be willing to do it and decree it and declare it. And I love that, what God told Adam, whatever you say is the name of this, that's what it'll be. So we need to go around laying hands on everything and saying, blessed, 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 blessed. Take If your checkbook is not being a blessing, lay hands on it and call it blessed. If your wallet's not producing, (laughs) nothing ever goes in it, it always comes out. Lay hands on it and say blessed. Amen. And declare, Abraham's blessings are mine. Christ 
has redeemed me. We sang that song opening today. Redeemed. What am I redeemed from? Well, people would say I'm redeemed from sin. That's true. But I'm I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. I'm redeemed from sin, sickness, poverty, lack, failure, discouragement, fear, depression, oppression, sadness and gloom and doom. Some folks, they sound like that hee-haw group singing that song. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't, I love that weren't. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. I've heard testimonies that sounded like that. Brother Hagin said a woman stood up. He pastored in the Assemblies of God, you know. Somebody said, what's the difference in the church of God and the assemblies of God? I said, it's like Burger King and McDonald's, you know, you choose. It's the same menu, just different name. But, uh, said, uh, what? <laughs> the woman stood up and said, woman stood up and said, uh, the devil's, you know, it was supposed to be Wednesday night testimony hour. Woman stood up and said, the devil's been after me all week. Bless his holy name. <laughs> Well, she meant bless the name of God, <laughs> but she might as well have been blessing the devil because you talk about the things the Lord has done. Amen. But folks want to talk about, well, the devil's been after me. You know, it sounds like a bad country song. I'm telling you, you know, this happened in that one. Lucille, you picked a t- fine time to leave me, Lucille. Four hungry children and crops in the field. I, and that, I'm thinking, this sounds like Wednesday night church. <laughs> but, you know, you uh, just one more thought on this. You cannot out-pray your confession. You can't pray one thing and be confessing something else and expect your spirit to not be confused. James says that. He says, don't let that double-minded man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. You're blocking the blessing. So if you're going to pray about it and ask God to heal it and fix it, then also confess along lines with that. Say, therefore, if you want to pray, pray, but but agree with your prayer. Well, that's covered because we prayed about that. We we are or we are praying about that, and therefore it's going to change. Amen. Amen. I'm declaring that God's going to heal our nation. And regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, you should be able, if you're a Christian, to agree with that. Yeah. Amen. I think everybody feels that we need healing. We need yeah. reconciliation. We need harmony. We need unity. Yeah. And we're divided right down the middle. I mean, it's like to a man almost divided, isn't it? But we need to we need to start declaring it's the United States of America, not the divided. And uh, if you can't do that and watch the news, then turn off the news. We were up in the mountains. There wasn't any news. There was no TV to watch the news on, hardly, was there, where some of the places we were in North Carolina. And I'll tell you, uh, it was kind of a blessing. And then my, my serious radio subscription, the free trial, ran out, and I decided to leave it alone. 
because I don't need to listen to Fox News 24-7 reiterating the gurgitated whatever. Praise God. And so, you know, we just, we just turn that off. Amen. And uh, you'd be surprised at how nice the world looks if you don't listen to that. You know, it's like you didn't even, you wouldn't even know anything was going on. Well, over in somewhere, they're burning down something. Well, okay. We'll just believe God and God will fix it. Hallelujah. Things will, ha- will, will straighten out in Jesus name. So you shall decree a thing and it shall be. Declare it. Call it. Whatever you call it, God will back you up and call it that too. In Jesus' name. Does that help anybody today? Let's lift our hands and praise Him and thank Him for the Word. Thank Him for this truth. Mountain moving words we speak in Jesus' name. Amen.